Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Joy Morale, the founder and CEO of Practice Aligned Resources, a legal technology consulting and education company. Joy is also a member of the Global Advisory Board for the Association of Certified E-Discovery Specialists. Hi, Joy. How are you? Hi, Ari. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Practice Aligned Resources. I think my backstory actually is pretty common when you look at, for example, graduating, getting your undergraduate degree, trying to figure out what you're going to do. So for me, my road went to paralegal school, thinking that I'd probably go to law school eventually, right? So go to paralegal school and want to get this job and a law firm so that will just know if it's right to go to law school. So I did that. I went to UC Santa Barbara, go Gauchos. That's my undergrad degree, going to paralegal school at the University of San Diego. I was really fortunate that that school had a placement or resume. They would send resumes out for you. So I was very lucky that they asked you where you saw yourself working. And it was in the midst of the 90s with uh, LA Law. So I was like, oh, Los Angeles, and I want to work in a big law firm. So I'm very fortunate that I got an interview at O'Melvey and Myers and started my path that way. I thought I would do the paralegal route. And fortunately for me now, but unfortunately back then, I thought it was really sad because they didn't want me in the paralegal arm. They wanted me in this area called litigation support. And it was really foreign to me. And so that took a few interviews to convince me that that was the right path. A couple of people asked me, how did I choose? And it was very easy, right? Paralegal was 24-5 and lit support was 32-5. So I said, okay, I'll just go that lit support route. And I'm very lucky that I stumbled across that in that they saw the background for me anyway. They wanted someone who had paralegal or legal exposure experience and wasn't scared of learning new technology. What's funny now, looking back, those 25 years ago, that we're in that same position now. As we talk to employers and to people, they're looking for someone who has an understanding of legal technology also, right? But legal, and again, not scared to learn that technology. So it's kind of an interesting place. A few years back, when I was at Paul Hastings, I started to see this challenge with hiring skilled staff. We've seen it actually in our industry for a while because there's no school. And sitting there in the directorship, having to be responsible for bringing in new talent, where do you get that talent? And I was actually teaching legal technology at UCLA Paralegal School. So I just saw that for me, the genesis of practice line resources was that concept of trying to create resources at different levels and trying to create an environment where training is always at the forefront of everything we do in education. So there wasn't a company like that. I saw companies that would have or tack on training groups, but that wasn't the focus. And so for me, creating PAR was a way and an avenue for me to share what I've learned all these 25 years, bringing that to practical application through with lawyers and paralegals, basically doing what I've always done in the law firm side and bringing that forward now. How has legal technology training evolved since you started Practice Aligned Resources in 2015? 
just looking back, training used to follow a very predictable format of training an application, a specific tool, and starting from the far left of the menu bar and walking students through all the different menus. So what I've seen the transition is training moving and migrating towards workflow training or specific feature, how to use a feature training versus being very menu driven and making sure you touch every menu item that's listed. What I think is interesting is now as you move forward and looking at these different technologies, things are less menu driven, right? They're more point and click, drag and drop. So you're finding that not only has the training changed, but the technology itself has changed, which actually requires less training. When you look at new tools, drag and drop here, the ability to do that is easy, but still trying to teach the why do I need to do that and what's going to happen when I do, I think I see training moving and morphing towards workflow and talking about why and how you should be using technology for your practice. What are some best practices that you recommend in developing training initiatives in this area? I take a look at the training students themselves, trying to focus on roles and their responsibilities and what their practical outcomes every day has to be so that we can construct things that come out with value right away. They understand that if I do this training class, I will learn how to file a document, create a PDF in the right format or whatever those outcomes need to be. So I would say that some of my best practices is focusing on the end results of my students, trying to make sure that we have the outcomes laid out correctly. How has the emergence of legal operations in both law firms and corporate legal departments impacted expectations of how skilled legal professionals actually need to be? First, I would say to date, training has been on the job. There really isn't a school dedicated to teaching people how to function and do legal operations roles within law firms or the corporate legal departments. So everyone struggles with understanding what that means for their company and their business. For example, legal operations for one company might be focused purely on e-billing and finding out how much money or dollars are being spent with outside counsel. Meanwhile, another organization might consider legal operations a streamlined workflow between IT and legal for things like employment law or legal holds. So I think the emergence of legal operations, both law firms and corporate law, requires us to now focus on the skills and skill set that's needed in that function group. What I mean by that, for example, is having people who can traverse IT, HR, and legal, being able to have that common vocabulary, understanding the drivers for each of those groups is an important asset or part of a training program. The impact is understanding what skills you have currently and what we have to train you to. So if you are going to do that e-billing type of focus, then we need to make sure that we're layering on financial understanding, understanding how reporting and some of these inter-database systems work and compliance, understanding what kind of data needs to come out of these cooperative groups that we now call legal operations. How are people applying the training that they receive? So I see people who are receiving training, whichever avenue they get that in, that I see their questions changing or the way they approach a topic 
instead of it being more timid, when they start to get training, you see it connecting with them and you see how all of a sudden their questions start to escalate in regards to the deeper set of questions relating to topics versus just all top layer. So you're seeing some of these people actually take more of a command in speaking with their groups or their respective departments. You see some of them actually justifying and speaking to the value of whatever that new technology or that new initiative is. You see them being able to weigh the cost benefit of different technologies and tools versus maybe not using technology and tools. So I think it's interesting and amazing how different people who are trained and own the information that they've learned, how empowered they are and how they can raise themselves up or raise their department up. What impact are you seeing advanced training having on the careers of the professionals with whom you're working? What I see is people pivoting or layering on top of their current positions or jobs So whether you're a litigation partner or a litigation associate, now I'm starting to see them focused maybe on discovery counsel or maybe they're more IT focused or technology focused practice areas. So you're seeing them pivot a bit in the technology realm because again, there aren't a lot of law schools or schools who are teaching or integrating technology yet into their programs. I see them take this and, again, help their career by elevating them either by title or practice area, being also given the ability to start new practice groups or take over departments like litigation support or knowledge management. You're seeing lawyers and paralegals step into higher level career opportunities because now they understand the business side of, of running a law firm or being a legal department, and now they can speak the language of technology and they understand the value and the power of integrating IT and legal. So you're seeing them take on higher level roles and responsibilities within organizations. What's the advantage of working with team members who have the diverse array of skills you describe? Well, I believe that diversity of skills and people on my team or anyone's team actually helps them become more successful to meeting the needs of their users. For example, in big law, you'd have someone come in. I mean, you can imagine the kind of cases they handle. They'll come in and ask a request. And then tomorrow, a different group will come in and ask another request. And it's amazing on how different these requests can be. So having a diverse group allows us to better be able to handle these. For example, having people going to trial and having a team member who really understands graphics and animation is very helpful versus another side, maybe you need someone who understands organizational charts and has a background in corporate structure and needs to have maybe a presentation or some kind of corporate offering provided to their case team. So having that diverse set helps us better meet the needs of the practice support group. You'll see that our departments have changed names from litigation support to practice support because you'll notice that the legal landscape, when you look at it, technology is footed in everything from bankruptcy to corporate M&A to litigation. So having a diverse skill set amongst your team is very important for you to meet those needs. Now, I always kind of liken my teams like a chessboard, that each piece has a different skill set or rule or role, and that together we can deploy different strategies. 
I would say you can win with a pawn strategy or because someone makes a move, we might have to change that strategy and be a little bit more agile on that. So having a diverse team with different skills gives us that ability to be successful no matter which way it goes. And I'll tell people, I did have the luxury of having a very big team at Latham and then also a big team at Paul Hastings. So you have an ability to have a wider, diverse set of players on your team. But the smaller you go, that doesn't mean that goes away. That means I would look towards filling that skill gap. First of all, looking outside of your litigation support or practice support departments, looking to the paralegal groups, the word processing departments, IT departments, business development. We would look to the larger organization, no matter how big we were, we still look to those different groups because you'll notice business development, they have people who are more graphic artists than most other departments. When we were doing trial support, we might lean and leverage towards IT because we needed people who understood the work environment, logging in remotely for trial support. So you look to that. So if you're a smaller company, I really would suggest looking to your organization, large organization, but also to vendors and service providers out there who can help fill that gap for you. So just make sure you have that go-to. What are the practical implications of offering a wide selection of training opportunities? What I noticed that a wider selection of training opportunity means a couple of things. It means a wider, maybe medium, like in-person training, online training. It also means video training, maybe short snip trainings, like two minutes and five minutes. So having a variety of lengths of duration of training. But also it means To me, when I talk about a wider selection, it means creating very specific topics and actually forming them towards your audience. So maybe if you're teaching about legal holds and I create a different kind of training program for a paralegal, a legal secretary, operation staff versus legal hold training for a senior associate or a partner who maybe what's in it for them or what's going to happen or what impact this is going to have on them, their goals and the way they leverage that training or that information is going to be different. So just making sure that you have a wider selection, not only a format, but the way the content is structured and framed is important. I think that overall, just the wider selection of training opportunities in, in any of those modes means that we might actually get sustainable learning. We're actually going to hit home and get a concept or a thought. It's going to make sense to them. It's going to be tangible and practical. And hopefully then that means you're creating a very solid foundation for them. Whatever footing that is for them, understanding that one piece just means you give them an ability to step to the next level, whenever that's going to be. And if we can create and have more learning and training opportunities in different formats, for example, maybe someone's a mobile user, maybe someone's on the road a lot, or maybe someone actually learns better in person. So if you can have a wider selection of training content and also training formats, then maybe we're going to get more people to take the time for them to learn some of this information. Where do you see legal technology training headed? That's kind of a funny thing right now because I think where I see it headed might be where I wish I see it headed. So, for example, for formal programs like law schools and paralegal schools, you're already starting to see inroads being made with legal technology training 
or just a broader training outside of just the typical law school curriculum. Maybe it's business, maybe it's computer science, but it's really interesting that you're starting to see technology training or alternative training to legal education starting to weave its way into law school programs. But if you took a look and account, I don't know, maybe it's around 10, so it's still not making the big impact that you would hope it would make. And so I'm hoping that as you start to see the changes in competency and the obligations of being competent in technology or being able to have some more ethics training around the value and that technology will bring and protections technology will bring to your client, I'm hoping that more formal education programs like law school and paralegal school will incorporate training. You see this already in some of the ABA-approved paralegal schools. They do incorporate technology training for paralegals because coming out of paralegal school, they are taught in a more practical, hands-on manner in some cases. But you do see still that the core curriculum is not consistent across everything. So I hope and where I see it going is needing to have a baseline core curriculum for legal technology training, whether at the paralegal school or law school. For law firms, I do see when you look at the evolution of work distributed amongst associates and paralegals and litigation support professionals or practice support professionals, I do see a need to return to bring education back to paralegals and associates. They do need to understand the role that they play and what role legal technology plays in their ability to service clients. What you're seeing is a shift in litigation support departments growing in numbers. At first, you would think, oh, it's because technology is just becoming wider used across a broader set of practice areas. But when you look at narratives and you look at how case teams or attorneys are educated into just their own resources at their firm, sometimes the paralegal organizations, the word processing departments, that kind of onboarding is maybe not done as deeply as we used to do it. So litigation support is necessary in order for us to help build databases. And so I think there's already an automatic connection with our case attorneys and practice support. So I see education, not only in the technology, but the process of getting work done in a law firm are needed. So I see legal technology training back into, again, workflow and role-based training at law firms. Lastly, for technology companies, I see a lot of money being spent on innovation, which is amazing and it's necessary. But I also see money and dollars not being spent so much on training, but being spent more on marketing. And I think that's great to get brand awareness and to get information out there. But I think that training plays actually an indirect role to marketing. So I think dollars need to be taken from marketing and put more into training and creating certification programs, giving the product itself a framework or structure so that end users can see the value and see how the new technology that's being developed actually can fit and help bring more efficiency to their clients and to their user base but more about the individual who's taking the certification. Once that person has that under their belt and you're giving them the ability to demonstrate their knowledge and skills to their company, making them very proud and wanting to ask about your product. If you look back at law schools, LexisNexis and Westlaw have been training on search 
in that format there for decades and look how, again, attorneys come out knowing how to use that technology. It is a core piece of what they do in research. So I see technology companies needing to fold back into that same kind of workflow or training program to get to attorneys and paralegals earlier and invest in certification programs so that they can actually validate that people actually know the technology. So I think that'd be very helpful, not just for themselves, but for the users themselves, the trainees or students, to just give them that extra notch in their belt or their resume to have a better trajectory for their careers. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Joy Morale, the founder and CEO of Practice Aligned Resources, a legal technology consulting and education company. Joy is also a member of the advisory board for the Association of Certified eDiscovery Specialists. Joy, thank you so much. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.